You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Good morning or afternoon or evening or whatever it is, whenever we're recording. We're actually, this is an unusual time for us to be recording. We're we're recording on a Wednesday. It is. I'm wide awake. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm way more awake. Well, I haven't, I've had my second Coca-Cola, so, you know, that, that does it for me. So if Coca-Cola is looking for any sponsors or, you know, anything that they want to throw money at, we're, we're glad to talk to them about it. So. We're not currently sponsored by Coca-Cola or, or any soda company. We're not sponsored by anybody, are we? No. Unless, unless you're somehow uh, making money on the side. <laughs> I'll have to watch out for that now. So thanks to the Pat Travers Band, which we always like to thank for the uh, theme music uh, that they've allowed us so graciously to play and it's called offbeat ride uh it's a song written and or no, i don't know when it was written it was released in 1977 uh, on the putting it straight album and thanks to bruce Pilato, the manager and road manager of the pat travers band uh you know we were talking uh we haven't had a full week since our last show and but we got so much inventory and in, we got plenty to talk about mm-hmm. we got a 66 mercury park lane convertible in did you see that car the red one it's really cool. Oh, the convertible. Yeah. You had yeah. a you had a hard top. Yeah, right? we had now a hard top. A yeah, now we have a convertible. It's got the 410 cubic inch V8, which sounds incorrect. <laughs> Can that be right? Is it a 410? I don't know. So, yeah, I think it is. I, I think it truly is. There were some oddball sizes of engines, especially in Mercury's and Ford's. And, you know, there was 292s back in the day and 351s or mm-hmm. 352s, excuse me. Yep. Uh, then four-something-something. Something. That always throws me when it's a, a, a digit off of a common engine, like a right. 301. Yeah. A, 420, a 427 versus a 420. Well, there is a 426. 426, yeah. That's a Hemi. 427 is a, sh- a Chevy. 301's an old. 301's an old. 302's a Ford, but there's yeah. a 302 Chevy. There's a 301 Pontiac Trans Am that was this turbo oh, one right. in 1980, right? right? <laughs> was that a Pontiac or was that an old engine? Well, I don't know. The 403 <laughs> was, a, was the old don't engine. Don't question Boy, me. There's people, say- <laughs> hopefully there's people listening to this, like, just banging their hands. <laughs> 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 those well, guys don't know. Those guys don't know anything. What are they doing? Quit talking about stuff like that you don't even know. Yeah, the 301 was the turbo Trans Am that came out in 1980. Probably, I think it ran two years, 80-81. If anybody knows the true answer to that, you can email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. That's right. Also, don't forget to check out our social media, which are, is doing real well, which I didn't get a report because we didn't have a whole week behind That's it, right. So. We're still in the middle of a week. We're and still uh, in the middle I've of reloaded a, a beautiful BMW M3. Well, beautiful is in the eyes of the beholder. It's a, it's a phoenix yellow. It's yeah. a very unique color that sometimes you see on the street, but very rare. It's kind of hard to describe the color. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's different. Well, I have some <laughs> I have some words that I could use, but it probably wouldn't be appropriate on the show. But anyway, nonetheless, someone will 
love it. Yeah. It, it the, will find a seat. Or, so, but it, absolutely. Or a butt will find that seat or <laughs> the seat will find the butt or whatever it is. So anyway, on the Mercury, and it's got factory air conditioning, which is unusual for a convertible back in the 50s and 60s to, to uh, have factory air. Um, and it's uh, got, you know, solid underneath. It's had a repaint, but it's really an interesting car. And, and, and value-wise, they're not quite as pricey as some of the other uh, convertibles of that era. Uh, we also got a, a beautiful Marina Blue uh, '67 uh, Malibu that looks like a you know Chevelle Malibu in the same family um, with a 550 horsepower 427 V8. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of power. It's got an M20 Muncie aluminum heads or aluminium. We yep. like to say if we're going to be really yep. very British about it, but uh, it's a really neat car and uh, got lots of power. So fun to drive mm-hmm. and uh, basically ready to go. And that's what I, you know, that's the cool thing about buying a car that's already done. You know, right? I see so many people who buy project cars and they take home a load of boxes and <laughs> they get home and then three years later, <laughs> there's still boxes and they don't have any, nothing done on it. And what a shame because they could have been enjoying one that was done. I mean, I always tell people buy one that's done, even if it's not exactly what you want. And you can drive it and enjoy it. And then when you're ready to restore it and get into the project, you've had some fun with it. Right. You have some memories with the car. You don't just uh, um, get a box and take it home and then three years later sell the box to some other guy who's going to have pie-in-the-sky ideas. But we see you know, barn finds all the time bringing mm-hmm. crazy money. Yep. I mean, especially at auction where you see that – you know. Getting a bidding war over a couple of uh, or a couple of guys over a barn find, and before you know it, the barn find's bringing almost as much as the, the real car, which is probably baffling to people that are outside looking in. Um, but I think part of it is the fact that uh, that a lot of people think that the originality of it, knowing what it started as. I mean, most cars that are that are already restored, you really don't know how they started. Were, were they right. were they halfway? You know, ha- were they completely a rust bucket? Did they completely replace everything? Did they start over, or was it kind of? pretty good and some of the panels were good and some guys keep those those awesome photo albums of, oh, of the process you know she does at car like shows yeah, yeah. i really- love that they do that because mm-hmm. you know it's it's important to document this stuff because we get guys all the time who know nothing about their car we've talked about this That's before right. they know nothing about their car because they didn't build it mm-hmm. and gosh you can look i mean there's motors that you can look at you don't even know is that a 350 or a 327 you know mm-hmm. i mean yeah there's telltale signs but they're not always very obvious it's very easy to mistake a a uh, barn find uh, or excuse me a barn find an unknown engine for another engine That's you true. know i mean unless you're just you know guru-ish like our guy justin here who does the specking on all the cars right decodes every number and every detail awesome. and every train oh nope that wasn't the original motor and that's not the original transmission or that is all that and the original rear end but it was circa 1968 <laughs> this is a 1960 you know or the date was april of 65 and this car was built in may of right. you know 66 or it's just amazing all the information that you can glean off of these things even with poor records from general motors mm-hmm. the day. you know ford was good about it. they sold all their a lot of their mustang and Ford information to Kevin Marty, and yep. they had saved a lot of that stuff. But General Motors didn't save quite as much as as everybody else did. But anyway, um, we got another DeLorean in. Oh, another one! <laughs> another one. That's great because yeah. they're they're social media uh, hotspots. They are. It's crazy. People These DeLoreans them. are just going nuts lately. Mm-hmm. But this one. Oh. Has a Rage A turbocharger, so <laughs> a flux capacitor. Yeah, exactly. But you know, um, they were a little underpowered. They had a two point eight yep. liter 
uh, V6. I, they didn't have as much power as I think that they had hoped to have mm-hmm. uh, when they were building them. But with the turbocharger, it makes it pretty fun to drive. I mean, okay. it's, and again, you talk about pulling up to a gas station and having a crowd around. You. For sure. I mean, it's oh, just it's- one of those so iconic. And I think that's why the values have gone up on these things, because people for years kind of looked at them like, yeah, well, if you got a collection mm-hmm. trying to represent the cars of, you know, the cars that shaped America, then certainly a DeLorean has some place in that hierarchy there. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they weren't very collectible and they were they weren't bringing a whole lot of money for mm-hmm. years. And then lately, my goodness gracious, that one we had with low mileage broke the bank gone, and, and gone and gone and, and yep. no time at, at flat. Yeah, so. we were ready to do a second video. Right? Where is it? <laughs> Where to go? It's, well, it's, it's gone. gone. That's the problem we have with some of the, you know, the, some cars don't stay here very long. Maybe someday somebody will use a Bricklin in a, in a movie <laughs> and they'll, the values of those or a La Forza for that matter. A La Forza or so, the, uh, something what gotta, about the laser 917 that was supposed to look like a 917 <laughs> Porsche, but it didn't, it didn't do a very good job of that. Uh, you know, it was one of those ones that it looked like something, but yeah. it didn't, it was a little – it was like if you ever seen a, a replica fiberglass-bodied Lamborghini Countach, right. and it's kind of stubby, and it looks odd. Something's and a little off it's on It's just it. a little bit off. Right. You know, the wheelbase is not quite as long as yep. it's supposed to be or whatever. Oh, so Fiero or Fiero Ferraris <laughs> yeah, that are out there. Exactly. So, And, you know, listen, I, to each his own. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, car guy. I love that. If you're a car guy, you're a car Absolutely. guy. And we don't – you know, we don't – we don't look down our nose at anybody. And listen, we're, you know, we're not all, you know, we don't all have big, fancy, high dollar collections of cars. I mean, we have a lot of cars here in our building that we play with, right. but they're other people's cars, <laughs> OPCs, we like to call them. Other, other people's cars. <laughs> other people's cars. So, um, and so, yeah, I mean, listen, we say your pride and joy is our pride and joy. Mm-hmm. And that we mean that it's whatever's cool for you is cool for us. And whether that's a, a replica gazelle Mercedes uh, fiberglass kit car, oh, I mean, thing. those things are hilarious. We just got a, a, um, a fiberglass Austin Healey that we'll talk about okay. probably next week. That's a Saxon is the name of the mm. manufacturer, S-A-X-O-N, which was also a heavy metal band from back in the day, Saxon. Yes, so I vaguely I, remember that. I have no idea what song they did. Right. You know, I do have a computer here. I could be looking this stuff up instead of just spewing like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I digress. Um, the Oh, we got a, one of the cars that I love, 74 Jaguar XKE Roadster with a V12 in it. I love those. Do you? I love those. But, yeah. I, you know... You're not alone i'm not alone it was the last year for the xke um it was the i don't know if it was the last year for the it was the last year for the v12 uh in that configuration um and in the right color combination this one the one we have is uh in old english white and it's got uh four stromberg carbs on it and it was had some smog equipment in '74, so they were a little bit choked uh, mm-hmm. from. But I think there's ways around that, you know. So yeah, you can't argue with the design of the car. Uh, well, this one has the American bumpers on it, yeah. so they they can be uh, switched out. If what you, did what did Enzo Ferrari say? What did he say? He said that the Jaguar XKE was the most beautiful car ever built. So I don't even know if that's true. That maybe is one of the things that's per permeated and perpetuated itself through it's an iconic design it really is people I, love it i mean especially from the you know the 60s models that uh, came out uh, you know uh, prior to yep. this one again with the american bumper on it uh, there's a lot of different uh, you know 
features and touches that these had in the in the 73 74 mm-hmm. range uh that took away from the beauty of it a little bit i mean those those american bumpers are big and big <laughs> i think they can be switched out i think that they probably can and i don't imagine that there, there it's would exempt be. from uh regulation yeah probably. exactly and then we got a 56 chevy 210 wagon with uh, a start of a resto mod if you will it's now been converted to kind of a sedan delivery ish okay. uh vehicle it's got a 283 board 60 over uh in it and it's a you know great promotional vehicle it's solid underneath um so it's one of those cars that uh i think will uh, make somebody a good advertising mm-hmm. venue you know put it out in front of your business or drive it around town or yeah. pick up parts with it or whatever you want to do so uh those are the some of the vehicles new vehicles that we've gotten in and uh in, in the past few days hmm. and uh, again with a short week between our last show because our last show was saturday which was only four days ago yep. so but man oh man we've been so busy we sold what day was it monday we sold nine cars wow. holy cow <laughs> it's just a crazy day i don't feel like we're at you know the, the you buy them use i mean it was just you need a camera crew in the back office i'm sure it's crazy <laughs> no you there. do not <laughs> my the naked underbelly of me is not good to be seen back there <laughs> right, in, the, right. in the office tempers flaring tempers flaring and i'll never forget we did the uh boyd coddington auction i was partners with boyd coddington and right. scotty gray and uh they had cameras on us i may have told this story before and i'm gonna tell it again because it's right. my show yep we have listeners uh, now. We, maybe somebody's actually listening this time. <laughs> um, and so we had we were mic'd up with wireless microphones that were you know run up our uh, on our lapel mm-hmm. and and you know hooked onto our back of our pants yep. and then. They could pick us up from long distance, so you don't think about that when you're mad at somebody or talking to somebody, and you realize there's no if the camera's not right there in your face. So one time I'm in the office with Kathy, my wife, and she's running the office, and we're having a discussion that really nobody needs to hear. <laughs> and all of a sudden I look over, and they have lifted the shutters, and they've uh-huh. got the camera there, oh. and they can hear us, and we don't even hear or see them right. because they're long distance away. That little wireless microphone is picking up everything. Be careful. I had to point at them and say, "You air that, I will hunt you down." Yeah. And, you know. So, but anyway, hey, when we return, which I missed about half the stuff I wanted to talk yep. about, always. Uh, but it's worth it because our next guest is none other than Ray Evernham, the uh, former crew chief uh, for uh, Jeff Gordon and uh, host of a couple of TV shows that he's done and an all around car guy and we're going to talk some nascar stuff and some car guy stuff and then we're going to talk about his cars coming up at the auction at meekum uh in indianapolis coming up in may so when we return we'll have ray Evernham on the show when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry. 
I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live from the Classic Auto Mall studios in beautiful, sunny downtown Morgantown. It's not even morning. It's afternoon. This is an odd time for us to be doing it, but we did it for a good reason because we've got a great guest on today. Uh, our new friend uh, calling us probably from somewhere in North Carolina, Ray Evernham. Good good morning, afternoon, or evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're actually in uh Actually, in Mooresville, North Carolina, too. That's where our big iron garage is up here. I love that part of the world, man. That's a beautiful part of the world with the lakes and uh, all that going on. And uh, that's a place that would be a good place to retire someday, except every time I look for a place to retire, it seems like the price of real estate doubles every time I look at it. So that Yeah, well, uh, retirement is, uh, you know, I think retirement is uh, a, a dream that we all keep tracing because, chasing because it just – Guys like you and I, we just don't retire. We just... That's exactly right. Well, my partner just turned uh, 84 years old. So, I mean, he's still rocking wow. and he's still doing awesome every day. And I love it. It's a real inspiration. The downside to your partner being 84 is if you decide one day you want to retire, he'll say, well, hey, you can't retire. You're only X and I'm 84. So. <laughs> hey, trust me, I, I'm still good friends with Mr. Penske and he's 85 running. He'll outrun me every day of the week. He is amazing. And I mean, sharp as a tack and just uh, fun to talk to and a real gracious person. You know, he uh, absolutely it's really amazing that Pinsky and, you know, he's from this part of the world, from Reading, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. just north of us. And I found out in my research of you that you're a Jersey boy. I, I am. I was uh, I lived in New Jersey most of my life. Uh, I'm here in North Carolina, almost uh, almost as long as I was in New Jersey. But uh, I lived in a town called Hazlitt. Uh, it's near the Bayshore, yep. uh, and then raced, grew up racing at Ball Stadium uh, in Delmar, New Jersey. Um, it, it is so amazing that the car culture in Jersey and Pennsylvania is something that a lot of people don't truly understand. It's amazing how many car events and places and drag strips and, and all of the stuff that's here. It's it's just right here, and people don't realize that. They could think of Southern California. i got to argue that this might be as much of a car culture as anywhere. Well, the guys in Southern California, they've always been a little bit ahead with some of the, you know, some of the fabrication design and things like that. But I was telling everybody, you know, that they get three to four months more of good weather than we get every year. So it, 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 it's tough, you know. But uh, I was just out there and uh, spent some time at the Peterson Museum, and that place blows me away. You know, they have done a phenomenal job with that, and we got to see the stuff down in the vault. So, you know, if you ever get out there, anybody that's out there, you know, it's worth paying the other 20 bucks or whatever it is to go and see the boat. But, they, you know, if you are a car person, the way they've documented basically all of any kind of motorsports or history of cars, it, it honestly it blew me away. I, I spent about a day and a half there. And that, that I kept going back, yeah. And that doesn't happen with car guys because you and I have seen so many different things that if you go to any, for most part, you go to any car show, you walk past the same cars that you've seen and you get a little jaded in this business because you're just around so many wonderful cars and it takes something really special to kind of stop you in your tracks or make you stop and take a second glance. Now, you know, and Chip Ganassi and some of his guys, you know, I was out there with them, you know, for the Long Beach uh, uh, Grand Prix, but, you know, even Chip turned to me and said, Really, like, have you ever seen anything like this in your life? And honestly, had right. you know, they've got 
some of the most incredible cars out there. So, uh, again, that's that's a, sure. a bit of a shameless uh, plug for the Peterson, but I can tell you I get nothing from it other than they're really good people, and if you're a car person, I highly recommend it. Yeah, and the building is beautiful. They re- That redesign on the building that they did, it's spectacular. And then, of course, our friend Bruce Meyer, who uh, uh, helped yeah. with the Peterson, he's got an amazing collection of cars as well, too. So That, I will tell you, and again, you won't meet a, you know, you talk about a guy that, that just truly – truly is passionate and has spent so much of his own time and money trying to make sure he preserves these incredible cars and shows them to people and whatnot. He, he, he is really, he, he is an awesome guy. He, he really is. And as I said, as hard as he's worked just to preserve some of the history that he does, it's amazing. Absolutely. We, we met him. Uh, Lee Cross puts on the Shelby GT350 to a reunion tour every year. And, and, uh, he was here and they were in Hershey and we got to spend some time with him down there. And like you said, just an awesome guy and, uh, you know, a great friend of the hobby. And you know what the great thing about the hobby has become? It's not just, you know, I like NASCAR and I like Formula One. I like Harleys and I like Ferraris and I like street rods and I like race cars. People aren't as pigeonholed as they used to be in the hobby. Uh, and I call it a hobby. It's a huge business now. I don't know what I'm saying, hobby, but, but it is amazing. I mean, your collection is diverse as, as is everybody's. You know, in, I learned a long time ago, this is you, you collect what you like, right? You know, and that's the whole point. And I like everything. Like you just <laughs> so exactly. I end up with a bunch of cars. They're like, hey, you know, what's your favorite car? And I was like, if, if I could pick my favorite car, I wouldn't have to have so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of our business. We have 300 barn finds and 700 cars for sale in our building. And you really, you have to put on blinders because otherwise it's like letting your wife work at the dress shop. She'll never come home with a paycheck. And I want to buy everything that comes in the door, you know, so... There's that. But, uh, uh, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about, and we want to talk about your upcoming uh, uh, Nupitals at uh, auction with Nikum coming up in uh, uh, May, but I want to talk to you a little bit about, obviously, NASCAR and some of the things you've done. And congratulations to your Hall of Fame induction in 2018. I mean, that's 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 so cool. How cool, Was that one of the coolest things you've been involved in in your life? I think when – you know, as your career builds, you, you know, you're not really thinking about things like that. And then all of a sudden you look back, your career is over, you know, and right. you've done a lot of different things and not really sure if it's been recognized because sometimes we don't even take enough time to stop and enjoy and document things that we're, that we've done. And then to be voted into the Hall of Fame by, you know, it's really by your peers that that happens, whether it's press or whether it's other drivers or historians. And to even be mentioned in that list of great people that are in that hall, it is really a a big honor. It's a, it's a very emotional experience. You, uh, it's very hard to explain to people when you're standing up there. It's, uh, it's by far the, the, the greatest yet most humbling honor you could ever receive you know being being part of that so certainly that um that induction into the nascar hall of fame was one of the biggest moments in in my life not just my career sure and you know what it is humbling when people say nice things about you you know it it really and it as it should be um but you know to have you know your buddy and and you know co-worker jeff gordon uh say all the nice things that he said i mean you know that's just that's and that's documented for history. You know, it's there. It ain't going anywhere because it'll always be out there for somebody to see and review. And then also, didn't you just class of twenty twenty three Motorsports Hall of Fame now too? Right? Yeah, that was another big one for me. I'm going to tell you. You know, um, there, there were four <laughs> that are on, on, on my list. You know, growing up uh, where I grew up in New Jersey, and 
and racing around there. A lot of, a lot of great friends in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, racing the modifies and the sprint cars. You know, the Eastern Motorsports Press Association was a big one for me. <laughs> right. And we were able to get in there. And then, then the National Motorsports Press Association down here, another, another one. And, uh, certainly the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And I kept thinking, man, someday I hope that the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America thinks enough of me. And sure enough, um, Got the call from George Levy and the people down there to let them know that, that I'm going to be part of that. And, you know, my head just spins around because I think here, look, you know, not that long. I'm just like a guy that was racing cars in, in, in New Jersey and somehow ended up here. I tell everybody all the time, I swear I'm the Forrest Gump of, of auto racing. <laughs> just been in the right place at the right time. And, and, uh, so uh, very, very excited. Uh, and, again, I was super humbled to find out because if you look at the Motorsports Hall of Fame down there in Daytona, right. man, there's there's a list of people like, you know, they're just incredible legends. And It's everybody. I can't think of myself in the, at that level. Right. And and the class of 2023 is going to be not only be you, but uh, uh, you got Zora, uh, <laughs> Arcus Duntov. Uh, you yeah. Got, uh, who else was on there? I saw some other. Oh, Fonty Flock. Now, that's a name I'd yeah. never heard of. <laughs> Fonty, the, the Flock family was really, really uh, early in NASCAR. Uh, there was Fonty and Tim, and they had a sister that, that ran as well, and she was a damn good driver. Really? But the, the Flock family... Uh, you know, all, all big winners early in NASCAR history and did an awful lot uh, for the popularity of NASCAR because they as a family were very popular. Sure, sure. And a great name. I mean, that's a, such a memorable name that you can't ever forget that one if you yeah. ever met the guy. So uh, let's talk a little bit about modern day version of NASCAR. What uh, just this past weekend in recording times anyway, whether this airs in that time or not, uh, Bristol on the dirt. What's your uh, what's your thoughts on that? That was interesting. You know, time's Change, right? Things evolve. And I tell people this all the time, like, you know, and, and, and mechanical things evolve a lot quicker because of the tools, the thing that we're doing, you know, it just doesn't stay the same. So NASCAR's done a really good job, I think, lately evolving with it, you know, um, and they also know that the world, the way we watch motorsports is changing. And then now it's a lot about television ratings. You're not going to put 125,000 people in the stands anymore in today's with the COVID and the expenses and this and that. And I think NASCAR, A, did a fantastic job designing that car and looking into the future saying, okay, this car is going to bring, it's never going to bring costs down, right, okay? Right. But it's going to stop that curve from going up like this. It's going to flatten that e- expense curve because, you know, and as I know, in racing, look, if you've got money, you're going to spend it. But they, you know, they, they've reduced that angle of that expense curve and they've made the competition such that it should bring in new manufacturers and it's certainly going to bring in new owners. You know, look at how competitive, you know, a young guy like Justin Marks with a brand new team exactly. it is doing. So it's going to bring in new owners, new manufacturers. It's going to reduce that expense curve and it's bringing a little bit of a younger audience. And, you know, that they can say what they want. You know, there was not, it was not a Bristol crowd like we saw. Right. right? Like exactly. we, we, but, but it had over 4 million TV viewers. It was the highest rated. Wow. TV show for Bristol since 2016. So, you know, they're going in the right direction with these things. And it just, it just takes time. And, and, you know, I tell everybody all the time, look, it's evolution. Right. You know, we, I've got my good old days, but when I came in, 
You know, I got yelled at by the Harry Hydes and the, the Junior Johnsons because we messed up their good old days, you know, and exactly. the, the mechanical world is changing. Yeah, we've all said we're all born 20 years too late, and, and, and any generation yeah. says that. But, you know, what the funny thing about racing is, is they say that it costs the same today as it did 50 years ago, every penny you got, <laughs> which I love that. So that's a fantastic saying. But you know what? I love Bristol, and I love the way that it's in that stadium-type setting, which is so cool. And then you add the dirt element to it. And then if you've never been to Bristol, if you don't go over to Thunder Valley to the drag strip and watch one of those cars light up and go down through those that through that valley, it's just the most unbelievable thing you've ever experienced. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see the competitiveness in NASCAR. I mean, you watch Formula One, and there goes Lewis. Well, we'll see. You know, he's 40 seconds ahead of everybody. Or there goes Mac. Yeah, not this year. <laughs> no, no, not this year. I'm watching it closely. I love Formula One, and I love as much as I love NASCAR, which seems to be a contradiction, but it is what it is. Um I, I love them both, and I love dirt track and 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 all of the uh, all types of motorsports and racing. Do you think that? Uh, uh, what do you see? That I mean, is NASCAR gonna? Are we gonna see electric race cars? Do you think? I mean, I know we see them now, but in NASCAR, do you think? You know, again, it's the evolution. You know, I'm, I'm sure that auto racing is going to change, right? You know, and Chip Ganassi made some really good comments about that because somebody asked him the same question when we were uh, when we were doing our deal at at, um, at Peterson and. You know, Chip said, look, it, it, it's, you know, racing's racing. Um, I'm sure there's going to be forms of hybrid and wherever, wherever the industry goes, right? right? People are going to want to race what they drive and there'll always be some kind of an internal combustion engine. And, you know, it, it you know, I, I think it doesn't matter as much what powers the car if we keep the racing good and we keep it about the drivers, you know, right? That's, that's you know, to me, yeah. it's about the drivers. That's the best way I've ever heard it put. As long as you keep it about the racing and the drivers and all that, uh, that's exactly what everybody wants to see. That's what they pay to see to have their favorites or their their heroes or their villains, right? It doesn't, right. It doesn't matter either way. So when we return, we're going to delve into uh, Ray's, uh, maybe not first venture, but venture into the big-time auction world uh, coming up at Mecham in May. Uh, we'll talk about some of the cars he's got up there and uh, his thoughts on uh, how that's all going to transpire so we'll be back in just a minute if you love classic cars you're going to want to listen to the classic car show with tom cox and richard lentinello on america's web radio live every saturday at 8 a.m eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app call jc taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor you're listening to america's web radio on the america's broadcast network.com thank you for listening and we're back with the classic auto mall podcast from our classic auto mall studios in morgantown pennsylvania where's morgantown pennsylvania say we're an hour west of philadelphia 
or an hour east of Hershey and Harrisburg and all points in Carlisle. We're about an hour and 10 from there. So we're kind of right in the hub of uh, car world. And we're speaking to a, a, a great guest of ours. Uh, Ray Evernham's with us uh, from NASCAR fame and uh, all kinds of other things, a couple of TV shows. And do you miss doing TV? Are you doing more TV now? What are you doing now TV-wise? I would like, would like to bring Americana back or something. You know, I, I love television, love it. Um, you know, uh, was very fortunate enough to have worked for ESPN several years and then did a little NBC, you know, mostly on the racing stuff. But, you know, after a while, I just wanted to get off the road. Again, um, ESPN was a fantastic job. You know, we used to go up to, to uh, Hartford or um, Bristol, Connecticut, and, and do the shows on Monday and then and do the shows at the racetrack, work with Rusty Wallace and Brad Doherty and Alan Bestwick, uh, uh, people like that. So loved it. But, uh, you know, I, again, that being on the road that, that, that long, it gets tough. So, um, would like to go back and do uh, car shows. And, you know, I don't have to tell you though, now with everything going on, finding a place to put that content and how to manage it and everything is a lot, that's a lot more difficult than actually producing it. So, uh, but hopefully we'll kick it off again. But I, I, I do, I do like doing TV. Yeah, it's fun. And we, you know, we've, we've kind of fallen into a little bit of a groove doing this podcast because we kind of did it as a whim thing. You know, look, there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of people you can listen to. And some people, I, I apparently listen to a lot of podcasts. I had never really listened to many until we started doing it. Now, by virtue, I want to see if I'm any good or if I, <laughs> if I stack up at all with the other guys. So, uh, but we're having fun. And hey, if you want to do a TV show with a thousand cars in a building, come on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you about Morgantown. So let's talk about Meekum Indy. 2022 you're taking 32 cars in an engine to one of the arguably the largest collector car auction probably you'll ever be over 3,000 cars they're going to have in there what made you make that decision and and has it been what what's been the experience uh, the, well first of all let me say the experience with the folks that make them have been fantastic you know frank and dana came here looked at the the uh, the auction we've got a gentleman named clint sly um, who, who's really put the things together he you know, guy that I met when he was working at Haggerty, great guy. Um, but have been talking about selling the collection and doing this and been talking to people about how to, how to do it. And, and really the truth is that, you know, I moved out of one building, moved into a smaller building and where, where I enjoy hunting the cars down, doing the history and, and restoring them. And it's time to let some of the other, some of these go to, to do some more. Uh, you know, we, we've been doing, uh, Really, really, the collecting, buying, selling, restoring pretty hard at it since I sold my race team uh, in about uh, 2007. So it's, you know, we've done the Andretti car and the Gurney car and some hot rods and this and that. But it's time to let these things go and take that, honestly, take that money and go buy some more <laughs> and be doing it. Because I, I enjoy putting them uh together i enjoy finding the race cars and putting them back on the racetrack i i enjoy finding the car with the story that's worth saving you know we've done we've done like three marty robbins cars and yeah, now we're doing yeah, high route cars and you know everything that we have there's a reason it's here it just didn't i just didn't go i don't really buy cars to go buy a car and flip it sure we you know we buy a car with a story and try and save it 
And uh, you know, no different than uh, we were just talking about the wife in in the, in the dress shop. I'm just as bad. You know what I mean? The only thing that limits you with having cars is people. It's not money. Tell you, it's not money. It's, it's not. how much space do you have? You know? And I always tell everybody, don't worry about how much it is. How much is it a month? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's all we care about. We've got some fire trucks here, and we can't put them inside because they're too darn big. And we have a 336 thousand square foot building, and we're running out of room. Wow. So, yeah, you could hold races inside we, that. We, 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 we'll, test, we'll, we'll, your test drives inside <laughs> well we have we all use golf carts around here to get around and they're electric golf carts because not because we're lazy and we are but because you couldn't get anything done you're walking this building is huge yeah. four equal eighty thousand square you know it's three hundred thirty six thousand square feet it's like the size of seven football fields inside this building and uh you know so it's it's a lot to keep up with and a lot to do but the nice thing is like you said you know you run out of space before you run out of you know money and i think that a lot of people we're seeing a lot of people thin the herd uh maybe keep a couple of ones that are you know really super extra special that you know you'll never replace and then start all over again i mean we see collectors doing that uh on different auctions and uh it's fun to watch because their collections always seem to get a little bit better as they as they as they start the next collection you know so what would you do race cars again or is that always what you're going to do or we would your, your collection diversify into something else uh, my passion is race cars you know we're looking at doing some different type race cars now we've done some recently some vintage road race cars uh you know we did a car called the ferret that was designed and built by a man named peter dawson he did two a ferret one ferret two he's also chrysler engineer um that worked on goldenrod and he worked for colin chapman so very interesting cars but we're looking at doing uh you know some, some cars that that ran uh, places like the Cuban Grand Prix and, right. you know, out of our world um, a, a little bit. But really, I, I, I always love – I love race cars because they have a good story. But it can be a hot rod. Uh, you talk about cars you're going to keep. I'm going to keep – I've got the 58 Chevy from American Graffiti. Oh. That's one of the cars I'm going to keep. Yes. Uh, you know, I've got um, I've got one of the number 24 cars, one of the original number 24 cars that we built for Jeff Gordon for his rookie year. And, uh, you know, I've got some of my personal stuff. But really – you know, we're, we're there's a couple of things that we're 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 out hunting for, sure. and, and I would say that, that we're you know we're probably going a little bit down the road racing route this time than 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 so much the old stock car right. Route. Well, but if something comes up with a good story, we're going to grab it and try and save it. Right now, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and I are partners in uh, one of the cars that Bobby Allison. Won some races in. It was a Bud Moore Cougar bodied car. Wow. So we'll get to that eventually. Nice, nice. And I love cars from the Trans Am series from the 60s and 70s. So that'd be awesome to see some of those cars come back to life. There's quite a few of them out there, but I'm sure there's some hidden away. Did uh, any of the cars that you're taking to Meekum, were, were were all of them, were they done when you bought them or were they in barn fine condition or were they all over? Oh, no, no. We, you know, we, we, you know, like the Andretti car, the Gurney mm-hmm. car. Right. Um, we, you know, we, we restored, uh, both of, of those, there's, uh, you know, that number 88, the Buddy Baker uh, Dodge Daytona that set the world record at 200 miles per hour. That was a complete restoration. Uh, the Dick Trickle number 75, uh, again, complete restoration. Some of the uh, midgets and sprint cars that, that are going, 
so ma- many of our own restorations are going through there as well. Sure. Well, and it's, it, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, if you sell one type of car, you know, one sprint car at, a, at an auction, you may not get every sprint car buyer in the country. But I guarantee you with the collection that you're sending to auction, every guy's a sprint car guy. is either going to be on the phone, on the Internet, or in, at, in Indianapolis come May. The uh, And yours actually run on Saturday the 21st, I believe, is the... Saturday the 21st. They're going to try and run all of our cars in a row. I'll be there myself. Um, you know, we're, you know, so I, I'm sure that I'm going to try and get some of my friends over to come over from Indy to see if we can make that happen. Sure. Uh, because they'll be there uh, practicing. But, but, you know, there's, we, we've got, you know, you talk about sprint cars, you know, obviously you're talking about the, the Mario car and the Gurney car, but right. we've got a car that, um, that actually won the Knoxville Nationals in 1976, and uh, Eddie Levitt was driving it, and Jan Opperman. Just Morgantown, you're right out there, and we're close. A lot of sprint car racers and yeah. and stuff out there in the Morgantown area. But uh, you know, a couple of uh, pretty famous uh, sprint cars going through for us. And if you, uh, I guess, if you've never driven a sprint car, the power to weight ratio is ungodly. I guess would be the only way to describe it. It's crazy. Yeah, their thing, and you know, out there, out there, the, they call the, the the PA posse. They're about the only people in the country that can can hold their own against the world of outlaws. So sure. a lot of friends out there in that dirt area too. Well, and, and some of the car, I mean, the, the 65 Brawner Hawk, uh, uh, Indy car that Mario Andretti, uh, won nine wins in Indy car in that car that you got offered for sale. I mean, that, is that arguably the most valuable car in the, in the, in the grouping? In my collection, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, if you look at that car, Mario Andretti took his Indy, his test at Indianapolis, uh, in that car, his rookie test, he finished third in his first Indy 500. He won his first championship. In that car, so he won the championship in that car in 1965 and 1966. Sat on the pole at Indian '66, uh, won several races with it. And you know, Mario, by his own admission, will tell you that that that's the car that really kickstarted his career. And I mean, to come across to to get that car in your possession, I imagine it wasn't simple. Just to you know, you walk out and find it in a barn in a garage somewhere and say, "I'll take that one." Uh, it must have been difficult to find that one. Uh, believe it or not, that's when we were doing the TV show and we were getting calls and calls. That's why I'd like to I'd like to kick the TV show off somehow um, again because we were getting just tons of calls about that. Now, you know, again, I probably had to pay. I, I we went and paid what people wanted, which sure, <laughs> you know, so, so he, he probably offered it to a, a ton of other. The hard part was gathering up all the correct parts. That car's got. Probably 85, 90% of the original parts from 1965 on it. Wow. And, you know, we had to buy another car and we had to buy a bunch of parts and we had to go see this guy and trade and do. But, uh, Jim McGee, who was one of the original builders, helped me gather up all the, all of the parts. And so I think that that's what's really rare about that car. Right. And the Dan Gurney car was, was really largely complete. But the only way I found that. I was filming Americana and, and bumped into a guy who had that car. So I need to get back on the road with, with the TV show. Well, we look at Wayne Carini and what he does. I mean, he get, his phone rings off the hook with collections of things that nobody gets calls out. Now, the Gurney car, you're talking about the Eagle Westlake car. Is that right? Eagle. It's a, it's a Westlake Eagle. It's, um, it was built for Dan. It was Dan's personal car in 1969. Finished second to Mario Andretti in the 1969 Indy 500. And then uh, Dan won some races in 69. Then in 1970, Dan won his last IndyCar race in that car. Wow. And to me, that's probably the most beautiful car in your collection that's going there. I just, something about that car strikes me, and I'm not, I don't know if it's that dark blue that just really grabs you, but a beauty of a car. 
Yeah, Dan's cars were always amazing. That that was what they call a Westlake. Uh, I'm sorry, that was a Westlake Ford powered, right. but it was a Santa Ana Eagle um, designed by Tony Southgate. So they were square. And if you remember, the other Eagles were very cigar looking. So oh, the yeah. Santa Ana Eagle was very different. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's that's interesting, you know. And it's funny, I you know, it's uh, these cars. It's hard to you don't remember all these cars until you see a picture of it, and then the memories start flooding back of remembering when I was a kid watching races and. And I was seven years old in 69, which I'm dating myself now. But, uh, um, you know, I remember seeing these type of cars at the Indy 500 and, and, you know, in my model kits that we bought and all of that. And so to see these back and resurrected, you know, what a wonderful thing. And I, I got to imagine that the interest in that car is probably as equally as high as the, the Mario car, I would say. Well, and you, you know, I've been fortunate, as, as I said, uh, you know, the three of the Indy cars that we're presenting were driven by. AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti, and Dan Gurney. I mean, yeah, doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, some of the other cars you got in there. I mean, the Hemi Daytona, that uh, the first car to top two hundred. I know there's a meme or a picture out on Facebook that's got a Bugatti uh, saying that it, you know, it just achieved two hundred miles an hour, and there's a picture of the Superbird below it that says that's cute. You know, we did that in '69. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing car, a Hemi car that was Buddy Baker raced and uh, yeah, Buddy Baker. Um, you know, it, again, started out as a production car, but that. That car, what's unique about it is it, it was the prototype design work Chrysler in-house for all of the other Dodge Daytonas and NASCAR and a lot of the aero development. Um, great, brilliant engineer Larry Rathgab right. uh, did so much with Petties and, and, uh, and through Chrysler, Dodge, Plymouth and whatnot, worked on that car. And, and it's uh, the car is very documented. A lot of um, Larry Rathgab's handwritten notes and things like that go with that car. Oh, nice. uh, my, my partner in the car, Greg Kwiatkowski, actually spent years, and I mean years, like 27 or 28 years, just documenting and finding the parts for this thing. So it's, uh, you know, again, it, it is probably one of the most well-documented cars in, in our collection. Right. And on top of that, had the most meticulous uh restoration right well and then you've got the torino holman moody card that's dear to my heart the 68 uh ford uh because it's got east tennessee motor company and i grew up in knoxville tennessee so we, when i used to uh-huh. be at the races i'd say we're famous in knoxville because this race car's running around that's a that's a very iconic car isn't it it is you know holman moody you know big name obviously a lot to do with nascar's growth but more importantly david pearson pearson was this is this cool right second winningest driver ever in nascar history and, you know, until day died, believed he could have went back and won some more. Sure. You know, um, you know, he just, he's just a little cool guy. He's still got his cigarette lighter in there. And I talked to like Leonard Wood and people like that. And they said, you know, like on the last pit stop, when you'd see that, you know, Pearson <laughs> flick that cigarette out the window that it was, it was going to get on. And, you know, again, I just love the guy because I've got a picture of him with the, in the scrapbook for this car, you know, where, you know, they, they're all getting the, Pictures in Victory Lane because he won at that time. Uh, oh, it was the Rebel 400 at Darlington right. with the car. So, but this is from a fan who was behind Victory Lane taking the picture, and you know, they're you, you can see they're all facing the cameras, and Pearson's standing there with the trophy queen, and he's got his hand right on her butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love those old school guys smoking and. Well, that's just you know, that's this Pearson. You know? <laughs> And then you've got, of course, you know, the, the famous, uh, uh, NASCAR car, the 2016 Porsche Cayman GT4. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a, that was a, I'll tell you, a buddy of mine had a GT4 club sport 
and he wanted me to get into this vintage road racing, and he took me to uh, to Daytona, and he let me drive that club sport. I fell in love with it, sure. so I bought that. Uh, I bought that Porsche and drove it. You know, but but I'll tell you the biggest problem with having a really nice street car that you, that that's got all that ability to do. There's no place to drive it. I know. And as I said, when uh, Dana um, and Frank came down, you know, I was like, ah, what maybe? And as they're like, hey, look, you know, so it's like let let's look, let's really make this a collection. Sure. These cars are are personal to you, so I can't say that I'm not trying to get a GT4 RS from Mr. Hendrick, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He might have one or two in inventory, right? Yeah, but he doesn't. I mean, those things are hard. It's That's hard to get. The market is so hard to find anything anymore. And even if you're Rick Hendrick, who's, you know, he's the oh, yeah, guy. Yeah. He's the guy. Well, now, now they, they, for him, they said, Ray, we've got one coming, but it's going to Rick's collection. So <laughs> yeah. I sent him a text and asked him if I could have it, but he didn't, he didn't text me back. <laughs> I, I got to see his collection in the upstairs office at the building. Uh, Dale gave us a tour one day. Yeah. And, see, I have a guitar in my office, but he has uh-huh. like 80 guitars in his office of everybody. Yeah. He's got some pretty special stuff. That, that, that was my office for a while when I went back there. No kidding. Oh, um, yeah, it was so not not a bad place to hang out daily. Man, I'm telling you, I tell you, well, well, we could do this all day, and we're way over our time. And I know you got many millions of things to do, but uh, man, oh man, this has been fun. And and I want to thank you for being on the show and giving our little podcast a boost of uh, so, uh, car celebrity. And let's talk about it. You know, we never know. Maybe we'll do a car show one of these days. Maybe we'll become yeah. the next. No, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that 44 pickup and keep hammering you down. On the price <laughs> hey we're here just call my guys they're they're much more gullible than i i mean they're much more amenable <laughs> than i am anyway ray everham thank you so much for your time today and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at one of the events down the road <laughs> it's a museum it's a showroom it's an experience the classic auto mall in morgantown pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare custom and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from Morgantown, Pennsylvania. I may have got a TV gig now. <laughs> no, I, wow, that guy's got some stories. He's huh? got some stories. We could have talked to him for hours and hours and hours. Holy I cow. wanted to do the Joe Rogan three-hour experience mm-hmm, thing. For sure. With him. Uh, amazing. And, and so don't forget, May the 21st in Indianapolis, the uh, Indy 2022 Mecham Auction, uh, Ray Evernham's personal collection of, of race cars and personal mm-hmm. cars, 32 cars and a, and a, uh, and a flathead engine, an Arden uh, engine are going to be uh, auctioned at no reserve. Really? So to the highest bidder. Whoo! <clears throat> that's great. That's uh, you know that can be a little unnerving, you know. But now I think now we have an invested uh, vested interest in watching. <laughs> I mean, I always watch Meekum anyway, but now I'll sure. be like, hey, there's yeah, there's, there's Ray, there's old Ray. Yeah. Oh, me and Ray, we're that's, doing, that's cool, the, yeah. doing the hangout thing. <laughs> so uh, awesome of him to take time out and uh, you know, Debt Cullum, his uh, his assistant. Thank you for all your help. Uh, you, you know, it's it, it's it's a lot harder to do these things than we thought, you know, and to, mm-hmm. to get everybody's schedule coordinated and all that. And so we're learning that that the the key to this, I think is what we're figuring out of doing this podcast is flexibility, being able to be sure. a little bit flexible and, and not be, re- you know, listen, if it's nine o'clock Saturday morning, we're recording this thing and the guys in on the West coast are in Hawaii. Sure. Not that we've had anybody from Hawaii, but if we did, it would be like yesterday. So, <laughs> well, the internet and re- recording digitally and everything has just made opened up the world to absolutely. do it anywhere, anytime. Absolutely. So check out Ray Evernham's collection at Meekum Indy. I'm sure it'll be uh, exciting uh, television to watch, especially uh, those uh, the Mario car and the Dan Gurney car. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just amazing. I mean, there was more cars we could have talked about, too. We didn't even get to. but uh, yeah. And didn't even mention his dream, his, his foundation, the Evernham Family mm-hmm. Racing for a Reason Foundation, which he uh, has going on as well, too. So uh, thank you so much to him and uh, it was quite enjoyable, um, and hopefully we'll see him down the road. Uh, coming up here at Classic Auto Mall, uh, we've got some really two big events. I don't know if you're familiar with these two that are coming up. In uh, June the 5th through the 11th is the Model A Restorers Club, and they are going to be here um, for six days. And this thing is going like gangbusters. They have more people registered than they had at their whole event, their last event. Really? Uh, they are, they've taken over the whole Holiday Inn, our hotel next door. No kidding. Or, or attached to us. Yeah. And plus about three other hotels within the area. They're expecting a huge turnout. And it's funny, Model A's, people keep saying, when's the end of the Model A? It's mm-hmm. not. It just doesn't go away. People love them as, as antique cars because if you say the word antique car, which is kind of an old school term, mm-hmm. Then what's the first thing that if you if you in the dictionary that should be a picture of a Model A? That's an antique Model car. A or Model T comes or Model mind. T. So uh, so if you go to their website model hyphen a hyphen ford dot org, uh, you can find their website and or you can find the information on the show coming up here June the fifth through the eleventh. But there's going to be tours and there's going to be all kinds of things uh, going on. And then in July. Uh, the 14th through the 16th, the Camaro Nationals are going to be here. Okay. How cool is that? That is cool. And they have sold out the Holiday Inn no completely kidding. as well, too. Uh, and they've got big events and great cars coming, and they're expecting a huge turnout. And the Camaro Nationals, they were formed in 98, I guess. Uh, and they for years, they were up in the Poconos, and then they moved to Carlisle, and then they went to, I think, Carlisle through 2010, and then they ended up. Here they were in Maryland, I think, uh, for a while, Frederick, Maryland, and then they ended up here. We started talking to them about two and a half years ago. Of course, with everything going on, they mm-hmm. decided to hold off to see, you know, if we were all still here. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Literally and figuratively. And not just because of the obvious COVID, just to, can we sustain this business? You know? Right, right. <laughs> Will Classic Automobile be an entity? Still? Well, you know, a little while ago we had the Porsche Club out here and I, I did some, uh, we did some videos and stuff and I said, this is a great, this is a great place. This is a perfect place for a club meeting because you can't get distracted by too much in Morgantown other right. than the casino now. But yeah. there, I mean, it's, if you want to focus a meeting and also have room for cars and see cars, yeah, it, it works. It lends itself well. We we luckily have enough real estate, uh, be it uh, asphalt in our parking lot, mm-hmm. uh, grassy knolls to park on if need be, and the lot across the street that we have that's 12 acres that has additional parking that we can park events. I mean, we've got 2,500 parking places here. And, you know, generally speaking, we don't use them all <laughs> during the day. There's a McDonald's. You can and there's a McDonald's. Rock, rocks throw yeah. away or stones throw away. And, of course, the casino, the aforementioned uh, casino <laughs> right. is right here that – I've only been to a few times, once or, <laughs> once or twice. Um, no, we enjoy it over there. It's a lot of fun, and it's nice to have something to do yeah. that's close to the house. Right. You know, I mean, everything else you do, unfortunately, when you live in a town like Morgantown, is thirty to forty-five minute drive away, and that's mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go to somewhere to a, a, a something that runs into the evening, later in the evening, a basketball game or a hockey game or football, whatever, uh, it's a long drive home. Yeah, and yeah. It could be traffic and blah blah blah. So I'm I'm sorry, I'm commiserating. I guess you got to go to high school sports if you really want a, a sports fix. You go to the local yeah. football game. Well, it's, if it's anything, I, I don't think it's anything like the Texas local football games when you go to those high school. But they're as exciting as oh, yeah. a pro game. I mean, they have state of the art facilities and their players are all you know they whatever. take it they take it seriously in small very towns like very that. seriously so sure. um so anyway we're looking forward to those groups uh coming uh, uh to classic auto mall uh the two national events uh hosting here and, and and on top of that i mean we love having them but we also love having our local groups that come here and mm-hmm. our local car shows that are charity driven uh that come here and have events uh local car club like the Reason Toter uh, Porsche Club was here, and they had their meeting, and they had lunch, and mm-hmm. they did a tour. And we had the the uh, president of the club here on the show, and so it was just it's perfect. It's just a win win for everybody, it really, you is. know. And we love it because it's exposure for us for people that are car people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, uh, Porsche is not the number one selling brand in here. Obviously, it's, it's the Chevrolet. fastest selling brand. <laughs> yeah, it does. It doesn't last. <laughs> but obviously, we sell a lot of Chevrolets and a lot of yeah. Fords here because that's makes up the majority of the hobby. Uh, everything comes in you know diminishing amounts mm-hmm. as we keep going but uh it's nice to know that uh, uh these type of clubs can come here and appreciate it just like we were talking to ray Evernham mm-hmm. about look you know you know in the old days you were a ferrari guy or you were a harley guy or you were a muscle car guy now people are a little bit of everything uh look at him he's got a porsche gt you know a cayman uh that it was so outside of the box but yet it makes perfect sense to him because he loves cars and he's not in any right. one particular car. So uh, that's the neat thing about it. I mean, if you're in any kind of club, and even if we don't have a, a large contingent of your particular car here, you're still going to enjoy yourself. Yeah, there's going to be something you're going to see here that you're going to go, "Wow, I've never seen one." That's of right. I'm bringing my sports car club out in mid-May, and uh, those guys are mostly foreign car roadster sure. type fans but I'm, there's something to see here for sure well and then the barn finds are really the, yep. the part that really grabs people's attention to see cars in as found condition mm-hmm. um you just don't see that in a museum setting uh so it's nice to be able to see those as well too they're a huge part of what we do yep. and and we you know uh, my partner always says well you know maybe one day we'll we'll thin the herd on the barn finds and i'm like i love having these barn finds. i love this truck room behind us it's, it's got great. these old trucks and just the smell yeah. I mean, you know it's very it's very uh 
visceral, you yeah, know? and nostalgic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this, very you know, cool. You get a 1940 Packard, and you, it's got that backseat smell mm-hmm. of the of cars of that era with the mohair hair interior, and it's a little bit musty smelling, but in a good way. All you the know? wood in there. I was looking at one of the panel trucks, just looking in the in the cargo area, right, thinking, right. man, think of think of all the work that went. You know that a guy. You know, delivered stuff yeah. and took it, and just how much life took place in that truck. Well, and and the thing that people don't realize about collectible trucks is the fact that they are, you know, they were used until they couldn't be That's used right. anymore. I mean, they didn't just say, "Oh, we're done with that mm-hmm. one." No, no, no. We wrung every little drop of anything yep. out of that uh, usefulness that that truck had, and then maybe we parked it and we piled stuff in it. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? So it got used until it was no more. So to, for my partner to have found all these barn finds. Mm-hmm. You know, amazing and uh, and so cool, and and we hope that that you know we always have these here because I think it's an important part of the story of the car in America. Number one, and it's important because people love to see mm-hmm. it um, just as much as they see the shiny cars. And the contrast between the shiny and the barn is really cool. Yep. So, anyway, our next show will be somebody because I don't even know where our schedule is and where we're at, and maybe next tune week is tune in because it could be a mystery. We could have that's right. Who knows? It'll be we don't know. Could be Mario and Trey. Could be Mario. He's right up the road that's right he's not far from here so and and his son michael's trying to do a formula one team so Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with that anyway thanks for all the listeners and thanks again to ray evernham and uh, if you get a chance uh check out the mecham auction coming up in uh, may in indianapolis you'll sure to be a treat uh, to watch that take care and we'll talk to you next time we appreciate your listening to our show today and don't forget when you're in southeastern pennsylvania come visit us in person we're open monday tuesday thursday and friday from 9 a.m to 5 p.m Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.